for your son. We thank you, Father, that we are in your son. We thank you, Father, that in your son we are always victorious. For he takes us in triumph every time and every place, Lord. Help us to see as you see and be as you want us to be, Lord. So this morning, commit everyone, Lord, especially Ace, Sister Penny, Tanmai, Lord. Commit them all into thy hands, O Father. We pray your presence will be real with each one of them. You will strengthen them. You will uphold them with your right hand. And you will go before them, Lord. Truly, Father, for so many, or if not all, we have not gone this way before. We need you to go before us, Lord. Come at this time as we look into your word. Continue to speak to us. Once again, Lord, plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over the church. Everyone who is connected to us, by blood, by spirit, we rebuke the powers of darkness. We lift the spirit of God, will move in our midst. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. We'll turn to Revelation chapter 2. We'll finish the letter to the church in Ephesus, the first letter. Verses 1 to 7. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So this is the first letter. Written by Jesus through the Spirit of God to Apostle John, who is a physical instrument and who passes it on to the various churches. The letter to the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2 is something like uh, Paul's letter to the first letter to the church in Corinth, the chapters 12 to 14. Chapter 12 and chapter 14 is talking to about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit. But in chapter 13, you have a completely different take where he talks only about love. And without that, how that church would be nothing, though they are rich in gifts. Here also, you have commendations before and commendation after, and then that one word, nevertheless. He says that one thing, that one thing will take you down. In verse 6, he's again commending them. 
But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, this is a very difficult word today, hate, because you would be penalized for hate crime. Because, and also we find it very difficult to associate with Jesus, especially in the modern Christian world, because the key word is tolerance. But love also involves hate. But this you have, that you hate the Nicolaitans, whom also I hate. That's not how it is written, but sometimes that's how we hear. That's not how it is written. It says you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Okay, the deeds and the person. We need to consciously learn to separate. It's a very difficult thing, but that is where the sword of the Spirit has to go through. Therefore, we are able to separate between the person and the deeds and hate the deeds vehemently. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 9, you will see God hates. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So here again, the word love is used and the word hate is used. And you have loved righteousness. A lot of people love righteousness, but they don't hate lawlessness. And it still does not work. Lawlessness is what causes disorder in this world. It's lawlessness, world, church, home, office, personal life. Lawlessness. Okay, when God says, again, there are lots of people who hate lawlessness, but they don't love righteousness. Okay, love righteousness. But the balance is here. Jesus loved righteousness hated lawlessness, and therefore, so you will see the oil of gladness, it's an anointing of joy, is given, we would say, automatically to people who follow this law. And you will see, that's with Paul. You could be imprisoned in the, ch in, in the prison, in a dungeon in Rome, and he is full of joy. And the reason is full of joy is that he has learned how to love righteousness and to hate lawlessness. So taking that aside, we come back. So here, Jesus is commending the church in Ephesus for hating the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which he also hates. Okay, Because we saw that a few weeks back. What the message of Nicolaitans do is that it perverts the message of grace. Okay, message of grace. It's something like you work hard, you with honesty, integrity, hard work, you make your money, and then somebody takes its money and blows it up on drugs. Okay, that is how grace is perverted. Grace is perverted. And that's what the Nicolaitans did. And that's why Christ hates their deeds. So the question is, do we hate what Christ hates? Do we love what Christ loves? 
In verse 7, it looks may look like a very simple verse, but it is not because it is repeated over and over and over with each church. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. It is a very decisive statement because implication straight away there is that everybody has ears, but most people don't hear. They don't listen. And if you actually see news, this town halls and all those, you know, where you have a panel sitting and this thing, and you actually realize, you know what? Nobody is listening. Nobody is listening. They already have come with their context and they already have come with their preconceived ideas and nobody is listening. Nobody is listening. And that's what God is talking about. Remember the one who speaks here is the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit who is speaking. That's why everywhere you will hear that word, receive with meekness. Learn of me who, first thing God is saying, learn of me is that I am meek and lowly. All that is put over there. He says that is, uh, meekness and lowliness means to put aside, at least during this time of the preaching or anything, any conversation, put aside your preconceived ideas and listen. And God says, who, who, he who has a hear, let him hear. Like, like you see in America, the split into two groups and nobody is listening to the other side. Nobody is listening to other side. So in one side, Biden and Hunter can do anything under the sky. Nobody cares on their side. Yet they will point out everything that Trump is supposed to have done or not done. Okay? And on the this side, it is the same thing. You will see nobody is listening. Now, at a personal level, it can come to an individual and a home. That's what God is talking about. What happens is in the home is that it becomes like the parallel lines of the railway track. Because both sides have refused to listen. They have some few areas, common areas, which they agree. And conversations are always on that area. Or the other, another subject is brought. If you notice, the other person goes quiet, will not listen. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. I don't want to get into an argument. I don't want to get into a confrontation. And you know what? Jesus says... It doesn't work with me. If you want to have an ongoing, deeper and deeper relationship, the first thing is that you have to learn to hear what the Spirit is saying. Because if you don't, the Spirit will go quiet. You will stop speaking. The day the Spirit spoke, stop speaking, that is how far you will go in your relationship with God. Okay, so he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. So if you look at verse 1 and verse 7, it looks like a contradiction. Now, who is speaking here? To the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? These things says he. And now he there who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walking is Jesus Christ. But in verse 7, he will say, listen to what the Spirit says. And the, the balance is Acts chapter 1. And verse 1 and 2, and we see how it works, how Jesus works. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he 
through the Holy Spirit had given commandments the apostles whom he had chosen. So you see, this is where we see there's no contradiction. When is the book of Acts written? It is written by somebody else. When is the book of Revelation written? It's years and years later by somebody else. But there is no contradiction because God, when he speaks, speaks through his son. and The son speaks through the spirit. And that's why we are always asked, be careful to listen to this spirit. And then the promise is given in verse 7. Verse 7, the Bible says, To him who overcomes, okay, overcomes. It's actually a military term. He who overcomes. Basically saying that Christian life is not a playground. It is a battlefield. It is a battlefield. Okay, but meaning this is a battle of faith. This will continue till the day you die. And if you don't overcome, if you don't overcome, you are saved, if you are saved, but you will not receive your rewards. The rewards are given to those who overcome. And each of the church, the rewards is not the same. Okay, rewards are not the same. If you look at the rewards are different, but rewards are only promised to those who overcome. So overcoming is not an option. In Revelation 22 and verse 2, you will see in the middle of its street and on the either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, If you go back to that verse 7, Okay, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Basically saying in this church, if you overcome, you have access to the very presence of God. Two, you have access to this tree, which was kept away after Adam and Eve fell. And you are not actually, if you read it, you are not actually eating the leaves, which is for the healing of the nations, you will partake of the fruit. Okay, partake of the fruit. Okay, now it's not, It's these are all metaphors. Basically, you will have access to the very life of God. You will grow in that life. That's what it is. Promise to this church. So Jesus ends the letter to the first church with a fourfold commendation and one indictment as a warning. So that's Jesus. He's not a prosecutor. Okay, Prosecutors only bring indictments. They don't have no commendations at all. Okay, He's not a prosecutor. He's a savior. That's the difference. He's a savior. He's, that's how you have to see. When he comes, he's trying to save us. So he will tell us the good things. And he will tell the bad things and the good things continue to do and the bad things be very careful, very careful. So summing up, the failure of the efficient church was not a slackening of activity or struggling under suffering, not a tolerance of evil, neither a denial of truth. In verse 4, it says they had left. And not lost. They had left. 
Okay, so simple question is, no, whenever, okay, you lose something, the first thing we tell them is that, go back, go back and remember, where did you, when did you use it last? Where did you lose it? Where did you lose it? No, even there is silence in marriages and the husband will think, okay, she's silent today. Now, where did I lose it? She's remembering something which I have forgotten. <laughs> where did I lose it? And go back and go back. Usually you can't remember. That's why the Spirit of God is given. Lord, would you show me what? Where did I lose it? And he will take you back to a sentence and an inflection over there. And say, that's why you lost it. And that's where you go back. In the same way with God. Where did you lose it? Where did you lose it? Okay. 1 John chapter 4, 20 to 21. If someone says, I love God. This is the key. Okay, I love God. And hates his brother. He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. This is how it works. This is a proof of the pudding. God is there. You can't see him. But his children are here. i give you the example. Okay. Jacob had 12 sons. Let's leave the 12th out. You'll look at the 10 plus 1. Okay? If you look into this story and read carefully, the first 10 did not love their father. Therefore, they did not love their brothers. The 11th one loved his father. Therefore, it didn't matter what the brothers did to him. He still loved them. This is how it works. God says, if you really want to see whether you love me, I'm watching how you deal with your brethren. That's the proof. That is the proof. Okay. Therefore the famine came. And everything Joseph is putting the test through them is to find out two things. Do they love Jacob? Do they love Benjamin? That is the test. You go through the entire narrative, the entire famine, what Joseph is using, a picture of Jesus Christ is, do these boys, men, my elder brothers, big older men now, love their father and love their brother. And that is when Judah steps forward and proves he loves his father and loves his brother and the mantle falls upon Judah and Jesus will come from that tribe. Okay, so that's what God is talking about. We have to get it very, very clear because you know what? The Bible, the, the church in, in 21st century church, the last day's church is splitting into, literally into two camps. And both camps are under indictment by God. We have to be very, very careful. Okay, remember, therefore, repent and repeat the first works. So here we have to deal with the crux of the issue. And I will use a very simple model so that we understand. There is an object, or not object, something that we all use every day. We cannot actually live without it. 
which is a substance called salt. And Jesus brought salt into the Bible. I didn't. Okay. I didn't bring salt. Jesus brought and he said, you are the salt of this earth. Okay. And Jesus being the creator, before science came in, he understood salt. Salt is basically, I remember, NaCl. One atom of sodium, one atom of chlorine, right? Only one one. You put it together, you get salt. Sodium, if you know, as a solid, is highly combustible. Highly combustible. You put sodium and there is moisture, it will blow. Chlorine in isolation stinks and you will die. So you will hear lots of people, a factory chlorine leak and people running, covering this thing and all. Okay? So there is sodium and there is chlorine. You put it together, it becomes a necessary ingredient of life. One, it gives taste. Second, it preserves. Third, you have salt is what regulates your BP. So you have high low BP or low BP and the culprit is salt. Either it is less or more. Okay. So blood is life. What regulates its salt? Okay. So in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul had warned the church at Ephesus 4 and 15. Speaking the truth in love. Two major ingredients are brought over here, which is a necessity for salvation and ongoing. One is truth, the other is love. Love is like sodium. It's highly combustible. Highly combustible. Truth is like chlorine. It stings. It will choke and it will kill. Please understand, okay? Jesus was not making a mistake by saying, you are the salt of the earth, because I said most of the things will be written for the last days people who are anyway scientific. So if you look at sodium, you will never find it alone. It's always combines with something. That's the nature of love. You will never find it alone. It always has this capacity of attaching itself with something else. The problem is, if love is not attached to truth, it is dangerous. It kills. It's highly combustible. And that is the problem of mankind. The problem is, is not everybody is born with the capacity to love. The problem is, this love goes and attaches itself with something else and not truth. Okay? Truth, on the other hand, is like chlorine. You take love out of the truth, it stings, it chokes, it kills. That's what I said, the church has moved into two camps. One is a liberal camp, we'll only talk about love, okay? And it is highly combustible, because it will bring every destructive thing which will eternally damn people. On the other side, others have become more and more and more fundamentalistic, and the people are miserable there. Because there's no love there. This is the danger. The only man who actually walked on earth and showed us the balance was Jesus Christ. Okay? The truth alone can be very toxic. Very, very toxic. Very, very toxic. It suffocates. And the problem what Jesus has 
has the church in Ephesus has become very orthodox. They have majored on truth. But the problem is they have lost love. The issue was not that this is what everything that they do is not true. The problem is there is no love. There is no love. And this is it's an issue. Issue in churches. Okay. The other churches, of course, jettison truth at their convenience. And it becomes tolerance and compromise. And it can be very, very deadly. We are saved by truth. But if there was no love, truth would have never come. Truth without love only produces a Pharisee. Truth. And Jesus said, listen to that. Everything they say, it's true. But he says, if your righteousness does not exceed that of the Pharisee, how will my righteousness exceed that of a Pharisee? Because to the truth of the Pharisee, you have to bring love. That's the only way. There's no other way you can exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees because you cannot compete with them. And he made, gave examples in the Bible how they tied their cumin seed and their coriander leaf and their, they're absolutely precise. Absolutely precise. And that's what Paul was saying. I was blameless according to the law, but one thing he did not have was love. And when he saw the love of Stephen for God and his people, he was shocked. A man, I thought I was orthodox. He saw that. And that's what stuns him. Okay, That's why God wants us. We have to be careful. Because the nature of love is like sodium. It is incredibly powerful, combustible. That's why people become passionate about causes. Causes. And their affections connect to it. That's why the warning in First John chapter 2 and verse 15. Love not. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Love not. Love not. Because what has happened? The world itself is built on a big lie. The world is built on a big lie because if it is not a lie, it will not pass away. The nature of truth is it cannot pass away. So if you are putting your affections on something which cannot last, you are in a dangerous terrain. Terrain. Very dangerous. So do not love the world or the things in the world. What happens is if anyone loves the world, what you lose is the love of the Father. It affects the love of the Father. Okay? And in James chapter 4 and verse 4, James put it, what actually will happen is, yeah, he says, you become an adulterer or an adulteress. Like I said last week, it is impossible for anybody to love two objects or two persons in the same way. It is not possible. That is what Jesus meant. If any man loves his father or mother, wife, children more than me, you cannot be my disciple. He doesn't say you cannot follow me. He says you cannot be my disciple. Because discipleship demands something. It demands something. 
And that's why there are so few disciples in the kingdom of God. Because it's a matter of love. Because it's not they do not have love. It's not they do not have affections. It's not do not have passions. It has been attached to something else. And not God. And that is its nature. So what happened is, instead of loving God, and therefore loving people, the church in Ephesus have become orthodox. Now they are loving truth. As separate from God. And in the process, if anybody does not ascribe to your version of the truth, you don't like them. You don't fellowship with them. You don't. So this is where the issue comes. This is where the issue comes. So the Baptists won't fellowship with the Lutheran, though they agree in a lot of things. The Lutheran won't fellowship with the Methodists, though they agree in most of the fundamentals. The Methodists won't uh, fellowship with the Pentecostal, except for one doctrine. Actually, except for one or two things, if you look into the core of all denominations, we are the same. But why don't we, why don't we love one another? It's simply because it's sodium alone. Or chlorine alone. Okay. Okay. And that's basically what happens. So the question is, where did you leave it? Okay. Because this is what Jesus said about, remember the, the demon, demonic, and when he was giving an illustration, he said, after you have cast, that fellow comes back. And the issue was, he finds his old house clean and empty. Issue was not being clean. Clean is a very good thing, but the problem was it was empty. And the nature of God has created is that there is nothing empty. Nature abhors a vacuum. It will something will always take its place. Take its place. So he says, You left it. You left it. First we need a diagnosis. So the question is, what took its place? What took its place? You know, we know the very famous one, Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. I know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Why? At the individual to the national level, perilous. Why? First reason, men will be lovers of themselves. Okay, first. Second, lovers of money. And then let's leave the all the other thing. Come to verse 3 and 4. Okay, these are what happens when these things happen. Unloving, okay. And verse 4, lovers of pleasure. So there is lover of themselves. There is a lover of pleasure. And in between is the lover of love of money, which empowers self and pleasure. Okay. Okay. Love. This is the love of money. Money in itself is just purchasing power. You love yourself and you love this thing which gives you pleasure. Now to buy it, you need money. It's as simple as that. Money, otherwise who wants money? Who wants money? If money does not give you buying power, then so you need to realize these are the ways. This is what has replaced. This is what has replaced. It is obsessed with self. First is you are a lover of self. And this is the first king Israel elected. God rejected. That is Saul. He's obsessed with himself. He's 
obsessed with himself, his name, his reputation. Remember, even when he is failing, he goes on the way and builds a monument to himself. And so many things in the Christian world has got very little to do with Christ. It's a monument to themselves. Monument to themselves. But it cannot be a monument to themselves. It has to be a monument to God and a source of comfort, edification, whatever to man. So you are not there. You are not there in the picture. You are not there in the picture. You, When you are even in ministry or anything, you are not there in the picture. There are two entities. One is God. And the other is man. And God first. God first. And man a close second. Okay. But when you become a lover of self, the issue is the love of God goes away. And if anybody takes that place that you want, you will crush them. Because in the affections of the people, David came. And after that, Saul had a single point agenda to destroy David. Because he was a lover of himself. That is what can happen. Self replaces the love for God. So God says, you don't worry about me. You praise, you worship, you do all that things I'm watching. But the key is this. Do you love your brother or not? That is the proof. That is the proof. Second, after self comes family. Okay, in First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 29. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded in my dwelling place? Why do you do that? And honor your sons more than me. That was the issue. That was an issue. Okay. Here, family had come. In between. Okay. In between. Eli did not know how to keep his family out of the church business. When he knew his children or his family did not actually love God. It's not that your family should not be involved. No. But if they don't love God, keep them aside. Don't bring them there. And when you do that, God says, in the process, you know what? You're, you still have affections. Your affections only change you have misplaced it. Instead of loving God with all your heart, now you love your children. And immediately you have fallen. You have left. Okay? In First Kings chapter 11 and verse 4. So it was when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father, David. Okay, It doesn't say when Solomon was young. It says when Solomon was old. Because when you are young, usually you are very zealous for truth. As you get older and older, you get tired. You get tired. Fighting the same old fight. Especially when your family is not with you. The problem is his wives are not with him in this pursuit of truth. They are not interested at all. So what happens? His wives turned his heart. Okay, If you look at it in normal English, we say love, the seat of love is the heart and the seat of truth is your mind. That's why he's able to write the book of Ecclesiastic till the end because in his mind he knows the truth, but the heart is gone away. And that's happened to the Ephesus church. They are absolutely on the dot with truth, but the heart is gone away. 
And the heart has gone away, they don't realize, is because they have become a small little, what you call a klish, or what you call it, click, right? They have become a small little group of only those who agree with us. And if you don't agree with us, you're all out. There was no room for error. There's no room for error. There's no room for forgiveness. There is no room for compassion. There's no room for mercy. There's no room. That's the Pharisee. And that's what, though they have zeal, but that's what Jesus said, you will go across the ancient to make a convert and make them double the devil that you are. Okay. This is what God is talking about. So the first is self. Okay, it's first is self. And self is a very, very dangerous thing because, because love of self and love of pleasure are connected. Now this love of pleasure for a good man does not have to be a, in a bad thing. It's not have to be in a bad thing. Please understand. Whatever gives you pleasure is the question. Is it taking you away actually from God and serving his people? Is it serving your people? That's a simple question. The, we, whenever, whenever we see the word pleasure, we always connect it with sin. It's not true. Much of pleasure is connected with God. <laughs> In his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. But the question is this, like we always say, the worst enemy of good, of excellence, is good. Okay, the worst enemy of excellence is good because as long as as soon as you are good, you don't strive to be excellent. Okay, so the subtlety within the church is that people find pleasure in good things, in good things, good things. Okay, but in the process, you don't realize your 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 actual priorities have gone. Actual priorities have gone. And this is where we have to be very, very, very careful. Very, very, very careful. Okay, one of the statements I made a couple of weeks back, I saw in the WhatsApp status of a, what do you call, person in Nepal. And I was so shocked that people are listening and putting it off. Okay, putting it on their status. That means people are listening. People are listening and they are getting the points, the points that really, really matter. So there is self, there is self, to the point it can be destructive. Saul becomes destructive. He's literally, he literally destroyed his family and his nation because of his love for himself. Literally did and himself ultimately. Samuel, sorry, Eli and Solomon destroy their own homes, their families. So God says, love of self, love of pleasure, love of stuff, love of stuff. Life is cluttered with stuff of life, right? Things, sports, entertainment, ultimately, little by little by little, it does not happen in one day. Nothing happens in one day, little by little by little, second place. Okay, remember the old story always about 15, 20 years after marriage, the husband and wife is driving down the same street 
And then he suddenly remember, right? Remember. The wife says, do you remember 20 years ago how we used to drive down the same line? He says, yeah, I remember. She said, you would drive with one hand. My head used to be on your shoulder and your arm used to be around me. He said, yes, honey, guess who moved? Okay. It happens little by little by little by little and suddenly we realize God is not first. Okay, And that's why we keep saying you have to work at your relationships. It takes time. And problem is time is the casualty. If you love other things, you will, it will eat time. Let me look at something which I heard very powerfully. Yeah. This is where the heart comes. Okay. It's very powerful. Listen to it. Okay. The heart desires. The will embraces. The mind rationalizes. And the conscience justifies. The heart, that's why the heart, the desires are in the heart. The heart decides. Okay, the heart decides. The will embraces it. The mind rationalizes it. The conscience justifies it. And you look at the center of it is, it is I. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be angry. Okay. This is where God says, you need to have love, you need to have truth. Okay, so you need to always ask, what I love, is it true? Is it true? How long will it last? Will it last? Will it last? Okay, so this, this is where it comes. Okay, this is where it comes. Ultimately, what happens is God sec takes second place. Once God takes second place, which he will never take, actually when God takes second place, God is not there. He moves out of the picture. That's why he says, I will remove the lampstand. You can testify about me to anybody you want, but I will not second that your testimony. That's why I say, I'll take your testimony off. Okay, it will take place. So if you look, read John's epistles, epistles, they major on these two things. One is love, the other is truth. Truth and love, truth and love, because they should be intimately be united, because God is love and God is truth. Okay? God is truth. Okay? The church at Ephesus is absolutely orthodox, majored on truth. But he's saying, it stinks. It stinks. That's where 1 John one seventeen comes. Sorry, John one seventeen, not 1, John one Law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You need to realize, even if that order is a little changed, it meaning changes. Law was given through Moses, but truth and grace came through Jesus Christ. Then it changes. Then truth comes first, not grace. But grace comes first, not truth. If you take grace out of the picture, then truth becomes more difficult than law. It's sharper than law. You have heard, but I tell you. 
you have heard but i tell you okay grace is a manifestation of god's love which saves us god so loved the world he sent his only begotten son okay so we will always see jesus dealing with sinners through the bible never ever compromises on truth but how gentle he is with all of them every one of the sinners you look read the four gospels and you look how tough he is with the pharisees who actually don't sin they don't sin Honestly, if you look at it, they don't see. They are experts of the law, but it's very tough on them. Woe unto you! Woe unto you! Woe! Unto you. He never says any sinner. Woe unto you! We warn them: don't do it again. Okay, go, but don't sin again. If you sin, something worse will happen to you. But you see, all his indictments were reserved for the Pharisees and not for the sinners. How do we get this balance? without the holy spirit it is impossible to get the balance okay the balance is love and truth has to go together then it brings flavor it preserves and it sustains life because that's what salt does it not only brings flavor not only preserves food it regulates your bp also okay when you bring love and truth together okay then an unbe- i can tell you a real real story it didn't happen long back kind of a couple of years back if i'm right the girl's name was elisa mendoza elisa mendoza <clears throat> midnight she gets an email okay she wakes up she picks up because it's pops no email it will get a whatever settings you set on your phone mail she wakes up and says sees it is an email from her father and she reads the email and she is shocked okay he it's the whole list of things is given in that email what is shocking is that her father was dead and the email had come from her father before he died he had set timers when this email should be sent saying each one to this day is your mother's birthday i have already paid for the flowers and he had set up everything for years before he died that's love and truth that's love and truth you need to understand there is love i'm going i know i'm going to die but he has set it all that you need to my your wife needs to know that i love her even on the other side okay why because there is truth there is truth in it that's what god is talking about you take love out truth kills you take truth out love will attach to anything love will attach to anything and god says if you look at first corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4 i thank my god always <coughs> concerning you for the grace of god which was given to you by christ jesus do you know what are the problems in this church incest divisions litigation all within the church and he says i thank my god always concerning you for the grace of god which was given to you by christ jesus 
Do you know in the entire letter of Galatians, he never thanks them? It's one letter where there is no thank you. No thank you at all. Actually, for after the introductory remarks in Galatians 1.6, immediately, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from God who called you in the grace of Christ. Where did they turn from? They turned from grace. But Corinthians, they are full of grace. They are minoring on truth. But he said, that can be put right. That can be put. That's not an issue. It can be issue because you actually, you see, every time when a couple comes for counseling and diet straight, the first question I ask them is not what is your problem. I never ask them what is your problem. First thing I ask is do you love each other? And if one party says no, I said so. So, hang in there for other reasons. How long? In Malayalati we say tati mutimbo. It's like two vehicles bumping at each other, keep on moving. Full of dents. By the end of the road. So the first question is not, I don't want to know your problems first. Because it doesn't matter how big a problem, how small a problem. If there is love, it can be solved. If there is no love, even a small problem is enough. Tiny little problem is enough to drive a couple or a family nuts. Because there is no love. Because love is what glows. And the problem with love is this. You cannot demand it. <laughs> if love could be legalized, legislated, how easy it should be, right? Moses' law came through Moses. Thousands of years after the law, Israel is a mess. What is the purpose of the law? Only to bring to Christ. What is Christ? Christ is love. So Jesus comes and says, if you don't love me, you can never keep my commandments. It is something more powerful. The power is love. And the devil knows it. So what he does is, either he takes truth away and sees our love is attached to so many things. So many things. And we become zealous for it. So I am always careful about zeal. Zeal. When I see people very, very zealous, one thing I notice is, I watch this thing. Your zeal is good, but I want to know one thing. Do you love people? How far will you go? How far will you go? Not to prove your point. That's not the issue. No, not an issue. Do you know that with the sinners, Jesus never proved any point? That he could have wonderful discussions on worship with the Samaritan woman. You have to be very, very careful about this because legalism kills. In Galatians chapter 5, 14 and 15. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. You see, now again another wedding is coming. Okay, Do you see when in the entire wedding service, service there is no law? What you are telling is the law of love for better or worse. In sickness or health. In riches or poverty. You know what it is, it is talking about? This is the law of love. The law of love. It's not, it's not a law. There are no law. You cannot have laws in a marriage. 
because it is regulated by love and truth and truth is not a law truth is not a law so god says you know what to the church in galatia he said this is your problem <laughs> this is your problem okay this is your problem and now this problem has come into the efficient church where it was not a problem if you come to galatians 5 6 we know that verse very well only thing in christ jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision what is that law that is law law will divide people into two groups right circumcisions or uncircumcisions okay like the the way it was so subtly done in manipur it is very subtly very you need to realize there are brilliant minds working behind all these things there is the maitis which are basically kind of hindus santana whatever dharma then there are the kukis and then there are the nagas the nagas and the kukis are almost 45 plus percentage the others are 50 plus percentage now what is happening is the kokis and the nagas are christians so when the attacks took place no naga was attacked because if the nagas are also attacked then the kokis and the nagas come together metis are finished so they very subtly created division between two christian communities and all the nagas are keeping quiet keeping quiet because on the other side all are nagas nagaland all are nagas so you need to realize this is how the devil operates circumcision or uncircumcision that is legalism legalism always brings division but the only thing that matters is faith now when we talk about faith here it is talking about truth good faith comes from hearing hearing from the word of god father sanctify them by your word your word is truth so this is not talking about faith but faith has doctrine truth working through love in galatians 6:15 6:15 16:17 for in in christ jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but his in what is this new creation this new creation is born by truth and walks in love born again by the truth the word of god and is he was born you see in english english has lots of lots of uh, strange words because english has been primarily be influenced by christianity and christianity is the language of love and judaism is not the language of law so you will see all these big bollywood and hollywood all these people no they will have a extra marital affair and have a child you know what a child is called it's called a love child it's called a love child don't call it because it was conceived out of love okay we were born again by the word which is the truth of god but we were conceived by love of god that's why he's telling jeremy even before you were formed in your mother's womb i knew you i'd already conceived you in my heart okay and that is how every child of god who's born again by the truth of god's word is first conceived in god's heart and that is how children should be born in this world too even before it should be conceived in your heart conceived in your heart so when the actual event takes place which is truth okay 
two people coming together. The child is already in your heart. So it doesn't matter what that child is. You have already learned to love it. So it doesn't matter if it is born with one eye missing or one ear missing or this thing. It doesn't matter because it was conceived in your heart. But a lot of people, it is not conceived in their heart. It's only conceived in their mind. We were not conceived in the mind of God. We were conceived in the heart of God. In the heart of God. And that's what he's talking about. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision avails only a new creation. What is this new creation? In this new, ultimately when we reach this new creation, we will see it is saturated by love. It's absolutely saturated by love. And truth, of course, you have to walk in truth. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. And now on, he says, let no one trouble me. He says, now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is he talking about? He says, you know what? I already got enough from the people of the law outside the church. Now I don't have to get from you also inside my heart. I don't have to bear my marks in inside my soul also because I already got from the people who are outside. And it says, you know what? That's how he talks about. Okay. So this is the truth. So in Ephesians 5.2, the church to whom Jesus is writing, 5.2, walk in love. As Christ has also loved us. Okay? Walk in love. In 5.8, it will say, 5.8, yeah, 5.8 will say, walk in light. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Light here is the word of God. It is the truth. The entrance of your word has brought, has brought light. That is the truth. So God is saying, walk in love. And walk in light. And 15, 515, it will say, walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Are you walking in love? Are you walking in light? Are you redeeming your time? Because at the end of the day, everyone has only this much time left. And when that time is up, you will stand before God in judgment. And ultimately, the two things that will be judged, the, the criteria for judgment is, what you did, was it true? Second, was it done in love? Ultimately, all judgment, all judgment, the criteria by which it will be, was it true? And suddenly, we will realize so many things were not true. It must have been done in love, but it was not true. It is not true. Or, it was true. It was true. But it was not done in love. So this is the warning. Remember. Okay? So it's very, very important because the warning there is here. Because most people do not hear. There was a question I was listening to the news, I don't know which channel. A father was asking his son in the U.S., you are in the university, you are in the college. I said, does your peers, you're the young ones in your college, know what's happening with the Biden administration? With this scandal? 
And he says, Dad, do you know what? They don't know and they don't care. They don't know and they don't care. And the problem of that country and the problem of this country is they don't care. Because you need to realize whether you care or not care, every four years there and every five years there, there will be an election. You will elect a set of people who will determine your destiny. And the problem is the devil will work to get people to put their affections on certain causes. They will go and vote. And they will decide your future because you did not care. Did not care. Okay. And if you look into the church, most of the people in any church, the majority, actually do not care about the fact the kingdom of God is getting nearer and nearer. Otherwise, their prayer life will change. Everything will change. Repent for the kingdom is here. God is standing at the door. All these things are coming. The whole church would change. But the fact is that most people don't care. They don't care. That's why God is saying, those who have ears, let them hear. Let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Let them hear. And he who overcomes. So to the church in Ephesus, the first church, God has given us a very good scientific formula before science discovered it. What is that? NACL. Okay. Very easy to remember NACL. Those remember the Creator knew what salt was. When He's speaking all these things, people did not know NaCl, but He knew what salt was. Salt was one molecule or what other one atom of sodium, highly combustible. And if you look at love, is highly combustible. People will do mad things, including murder, in the name of love. In the, that is what nationalism basically is. Pumping people for the love of your nation. These are enemies. We have to finish them off. What are they using? It's another warped form of love. Because it's very powerful. Very, very powerful. That's why the Bible says love is as strong as death. And love never fails. Even if the objective is wicked, it will latch on to it and do it. Okay. Truth, on the other hand, is, it, if you read the Bible carefully, truth is never isolated. Have you noticed that? Truth is always attached to something. Always attached to something. Because God knows the danger of truth standing alone. Okay? Truth is very dangerous. Grace and truth, peace and truth. No, truth if yeah, mercy and truth, because truth on itself is an executioner. It's worse than the law. Okay, the law will go by the book. Truth will throw the book at you. That's a term that is used in legal language. The judge threw the book at him. Meaning he didn't throw. He gave him the maximum plus one year. Okay. So everywhere you will see truth should not stand alone. And in, in homes, which I have seen and I have explained, what happens in homes is that truth starts standing alone. And then it becomes inflexible. You have won the argument. But your marriage is gone. You won the argument. Okay. 
And that's what God is warning the first church. And you will see countries, okay, countries being destroyed right before our eyes. Okay, right before our eyes. Okay, and therefore if you look at in US, they see this man as very, very dangerous. He's very dangerous. Nobody else. He's the dangerous man. You take him out, his supporters will scatter. And here, both people, here today his case is in the Supreme Court. Here it is Rahul. Rahul is dangerous, very dangerous, because he preaches against hatred. And after some time, people get tired of the violence. Even if you're a Hindu who doesn't like a Muslim, you're a Muslim who doesn't like the Hindu, the problem is you have a family and your children and you want a future. You don't want this rioting and curfew and 144 and burning and looting. The problem is they know. It's a very powerful emotion. It can be capitalized. And then when one person comes in, like Trump comes in and talks about America, the nation, the nation is being destroyed right before rise. We need to start loving our country, putting our country, one nation under God. In America, we worship God and not and many goes. It's a very dangerous narrative to the other side. And here it's a dangerous narrative about the Bharat Jodo Yatra. A man cares. So you need to understand these things which God talks about has its own power. Its own power. Therefore those people have to be made an example. How many, if you take the defamation speeches of what people have spoken, almost every politician should be locked up in India. But they went after one. The speed with which they won. They disqualified him. They vacated, asked him, vacate his... Up. If people have been still living in government quarters after years after they retired. Still they have not been vacated. Everything was done very fast. But the thing in there. The speed with which one indictment after another and the four indictments are already over. The speed with... While the same Justice Department, FBI has been sitting on hundreds, laptop and all. I mean it's... The only thing you do not have the actual evidence to bring it before God because they have hidden it. But otherwise, everybody actually knows that Joe Biden took money from different countries. And he has literally sold his country. That probably he's not, he's taken money from Ukraine, he has taken money from these countries, and that is why he allowed the Ukraine Russia war to start because he took money. So he's got blood on his hands. So you need to understand the power of truth and the power of love. And yet, the entire media just wipes it out. Doesn't even talk about it. Same thing here too. But it's coming out little by little by little by little. And wait a couple of more weeks or before that, an interview is going to come out between Tucker Carlson and the Capitol Police head. Before that could be aired, Fox News fired Tucker. Because he was the chief of police when January 6th took place. And supposedly he says the whole thing stinks. It seems like a setup. That is why they are afraid. You know, we want the truth. The question is, do we really want the truth? Can you handle the truth? Do you really want to know the truth? Nothing but the truth, the whole truth. Hmm? So there is truth. And there is love. 
Okay. The fact of the matter is, if we knew the truth of ourselves, we will love God with all our heart. Okay. If we really know the truth about ourselves, we will love God with all our heart because we will be able to wonder, how could you love me? As I close, let me ask a simple question. Whenever you dislike somebody, is it connected with truth? Right? Whenever you dislike something about somebody, it's connected with truth. Now that is what he is telling the church and I appreciate you. You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans as I do. But the problem is, with the Ephesus church, now they have started hating people also. <laughs> that is the issue. <laughs> this is where we have to always be kept, because we are all, will be, Caught up in that. Okay? It's all caught up in that. Because one entity on the earth is the church. Church is the light and the salt. God says, if the world has to see who I am, they have to see you. And I will remove the testimony if you don't know how to walk in love and walk in truth. Both. Only the Spirit of God can teach you that. So you have to realize sometimes we don't understand God's ways. Only in retrospective effect you will realize. Why did he pick up the most legalistic mind in that time called Saul of Tarsus and make him the apostle of love and truth? Because if you read his letters, you will see an extremely loving man he is. It doesn't look like that in the first superficial reading. But if you look into his heart, how did he transform? He said, this is the new creation. This is the new creation. A man who understood the truth and understood what he was before and he loved God and he loved man. He was willing to die. The same man who was actually willing to kill men for what he believed now was willing to die for what he believed. For men and for God. God says, this is what the truth is. And this is the entire Letter. If you look at the core of it and going back towards 4, Revelation chapter 3, 2, 4 and 5, he says, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left. That's the word first, left. Second, remember where you left it. Where you left it. It's a simple, practical thing. That's how you find, uh, uh, find uh, missing things. No, if you lost your keys, which Sammy often does, Sammy, <laughs> where, where did you leave it? Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Where did you leave it? Where back? Where did you leave it? Okay. Repent and do the first works or else. So we will leave the or else there. That leave it to God. But God has given us a solution first. It is, it is, not that you left it and you're walking straight. No, it's a great fall. Remember from where you have fallen. Where you have fallen. To lose that, to lose 
love for God, love for man is a great fall. Remember from where you have fallen. Now remember, like I said, this can be only told to people who actually know what he's talking about. Some people, they do not know. They do not know. So they need to have a real powerful salvation experience with God to know what it is. No, because see, we are all products of our own circumstances. Products of our circumstances. And especially in India, you need to realize uh, most Indian families are very orthodox and conservative. Okay, where fathers never hug their children, mothers never, you know, after a particular age, they keep the boys far away, and the fathers keep the girls arm length away. So they have grown up thinking this is the norm. So there is no affection actually shown in the kingdom. That's why God has put so much affection in the Bible. How did Abimelech know um, Rebecca was Isaac's wife and not sister? He was. He saw. Okay. He was saw. So the Bible is full of these things. Okay. And we have many Indian families have grown up like that. But when the kingdom of God comes, it's a radical change. We have to change our mindset. We have to change our mindset. We have to change our words. We have to change. Our whole life changes. Because the kingdom of God is based in love. And love has actions. Law also has actions. Okay, Law also has happened. That is why you have two crazy nations side by side. One is called Germany, mechanically perfect. And the other, France, only talks about love. <laughs> Two crazy nations side by side. But in both of them, there is no truth. Okay, There is no truth. So we have to get this correct. Because if you, if you, if you don't, and you know what? The issue here is time. The issue there is time. Because he says, walk in, love, walk in light and walk circumspectly. Because what is happens, each day passes by, you are running out of time. You are running out of time, running out of time. If you read the book of Ephesians, it's one of the most powerful books in the Bible. Because it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. What is it talking about? You are running out of time. Because if you don't deal with these issues, there is a hardening that takes place. It's a hardening that takes place. Then you know what happens. Now you are in the church or you are in a marriage or you are in an office only because of certain conditions. And once those conditions are removed, you will leave. That's how people leave the church. You were not there for the real reason. Real reason. You were there for other reasons. And once the reasons, like let us say, I've seen so many families, once the children grow up, they separate. So the only reason they stay together all these years is because of children. A secondary reason, not the primary reason. Because now there is no reason anymore. So they separate. You go your way, I go my way. Okay, so we need to realize these are issues. These are issues which you have to deal with. Why do people leave church? The question you need to ask them is, why did you come to church in the first place? Why did you come to church in the first place? Because if the reason you came to church in the first place is true, then there is hope. That is what is telling the church in Ephesus. Go back to your first love. So that is the reason you came to me. The reason. Okay, That's where you will see the persecuted church 
does not really struggle with losing members. They usually lose members by death. Okay. The per- churches that are not persecuted keep on losing members. There they are bound by love. Here it is more truth and loss. And we need to get this right. Yes, let's have Peter. So we end this week. Next week there will be no meetings other than the Wednesday and the Sunday. All will be recordings. And uh, GTC, if you are listening, please remember Sunday service is here at Alwal and not at Jivan Jyoti. And pastor's conference is second Saturday and not first Saturday. Yes. You did not wait for me to draw an eye to you, but you clothe yourself in frail humanity. You did not wait for me. To cry out to you, but you let me hear your voice calling me. You did not wait for me to draw an eye to you, but you clothed yourself in frail humanity. Oh Lord, you did not wait for me to cry out to you. But you let me hear your voice calling me I'm forever grateful to you I'm forever grateful for the cross I'm forever grateful to you, Lord, that you This morning we just thank you, Father. We just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you loved us. 
was nothing in us for you to love us but you loved us because that's who you are but you didn't love us and leave us in that dirt you picked us up you cleansed us and you're continuously cleansing us by the word of your truth father this morning father we come to ourselves all your children everywhere everyone Lord, going through this battle because they are standing for what is true in your kingdom some of them know you some of them don't know you but some of them who do not know you when they stand for what is true all hell breaks loose father so this morning we come into two leaders lord one in US Ace and one here RG ultimately for both of them their destinies will be decided probably by the Supreme Courts of both countries. But Lord, there is a court above every other court. There is a judge above every other judge. It is you, Lord. You are not only judge, you are also king of kings and Lord of courts. You are God Almighty as we saw yesterday, Lord, coming to Abraham at 99 and saying, I am El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. The all-sufficient God. Yet gentle as a mother. Yes, inshakable, immovable like the mountain. And it is that God who is asking us to walk before. And I commit both these leaders, especially today, into thy hands, Lord. And I pray they will know you they will grow in their knowledge of you and they will know what they are standing for is true and they will learn to walk in love because without love your word says we'll be just an empty gong or a symbol to profit us nothing on that day Father come in the boat Father that you will vindicate them you will uphold them and I pray above all you will show mercy to both these nations oh Lord that you will give these nations one more chance both these nations destiny the world should be written in next year elections do have consequences we know your kingdom will come ultimately but till it comes your church needs breathing space your church needs an atmosphere of freedom and not fear to preach the gospel. To get the people, to compel them to come into the king's house. And restrictions are coming up in every country, every nation against the gospel. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's why we pray for elections. We pray for godly leaders who will fight for the liberty of people touch his strengthen him strengthen him power him let all the wickedness the hidden deeds of darkness of the deep state let it all come out Father the plots everything they did Father we are seeing Lord as the fire your servant goes into the deeper into the fire the snakes all are coming out they are being exposed that he was surrounded by snakes, Lord. Father, that's what you do. That's what you do. You're exposed. The snakes 
in the camp of the republicans you are exposing you are exposing them to whom they are beholden to the special interests the mega bucks they all have been bought that's why you said you will lead us into the wilderness so that we will know what is in us because it will come out yes it will it will come out it doesn't matter what position they had earlier vp or ag it's coming out what they truly are it's coming out and they all put this righteous veneer of father oh but father been bought and paid for it's there up there touch father touch and strengthen him no weapon that is formed against him will prosper every lying tongue that rises against him in judgment whichever court room we condemn it in the name of jesus I pray for favor with God and favor with man. Yes, Lord. Yes. And we'll have favor. We'll have favor in the highest courts. In the appellate courts, he will have favor, favor, favor for penny to innocent. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Favor, 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 favor. Bind every power of darkness that is raised against your people and against the purpose of God. words is when the enemy comes in like a flood we raise up the standard the spirit of god raises up the standard the blood the blood the blood of jesus for we overcome him by the blood of the lamb by the word of our testimony the truth spoken in love we do not love our lives we are not in love with self you are in love with god thank you lord and that love is stronger than death oh father thank you lord uphold your servants all Jesus thank you Lord indicate every one of them thank you Lord then all local marshal conquer the angels everyone Lord touch him heal him strengthen him cherish him everyone of all my dear therefore we come to our father who is the shadow we make all our needs before the angel Lord come father work out our salvation said the zeal of the almighty shall perform this thank you lord because you are worthy you are worthy lord king of kings lord of lords you are worthy you are worthy there is none like you jesus there is none like you jesus we thank you we thank you we thank you lord lord you are good lord you are good lord you are good lord you are good oh you are good and your mercy every day every day every day father Oh father we believe we believe we believe my god be anxious for nothing but in all things with supplication and prayer thanksgiving let your request be made known unto god and the peace to god that surpasses all understanding shall be with you we pray for the 45th today we pray for it we pray for it oh father oh jesus oh jesus we pray for it right now my god lord i speak peace into his mind right now peace into his heart right now my peace i give to you yes. my peace i leave with you and as the world gives to i give to you let not your heart be troubled be not afraid we pray right now we pray right now for our we pray father that you touch him you touch him you touch him i pray he will know god he will know you father he'll have an encounter with you father that he'll have an encounter with you my god and lord oh father he will realize he know god like our god oh jesus i pray father let him have an encounter with you my god in the name of jesus my god i pray today father truly i pray for that supernatural peace and joy over every one of them my god, in the courtrooms my god especially for you especially now i pray 
it was supernatural peace, my God. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. We Sometimes we can't even explain the peace we have in the midst of our storms, my God. We can't even explain it, my God, because we know it's peace that comes from above. Oh, it's joy that comes from above. Weeping endured for a night, but joy coming in the morning. And we believe that. That's a supernatural joy, my God. No man, no woman, nobody can give us that joy and that peace, but you do. You're the captain of the storm, my God. You are the Alpha. You are the Omega. You are the beginning. You are the end. You are the first. You are the last. You are Jehovah. Jehovah God. Oh, you are Jehovah. Oh, he is Jehovah. Oh, my God, you are Jehovah. Faithful, faithful one. Faithful God. Oh, you are faithful. You are faithful. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We thank you today. Grateful, grateful to the God we serve. Grateful for what you're doing and what you're going to do. Today is the 4th of August, the 8th month of the year. And my God, you brought us to Jesus. You never failed us. We failed you. But you never failed us. You never failed us. You were there. You were there. You were there in the midst of every storm. You were there. You were there. You were there in 2023. Seven months of the year, you were there. Oh, if it wasn't for the goodness of Jesus, man would have swallowed us up, my God. But you were there. You were there. You brought us all out. You brought us all out. And Father, we just say thank you. You have never failed us. It is so true when you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Though mother and father would forsake you, I will not leave you. Oh, Father, we have seen, we have seen, we have tasted and seen the goodness of Jehovah Jesus. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever and ever. We have tasted your goodness. We had, we never went without anything. We never went without food. We never went without shelter. We never went without clothes on our back. Oh, Father, you never left us for a second, my God. You were right there. You were right there. You were right there, my God. Like you were. Oh, Father, with Daniel in the lights. You were there. You were there. You were there, Father. You sent an angel in the midst of the storm. You surrounded us with your chariots of fire. You surrounded us, my God. Your word says, touch not my anointing, and do my prophets no harm. Anyone that touches them, touches the apple of God's eye. And we believe today, we have seen it, we have seen it with our own eyes. We can testify about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. We can testify our God is good all the time, and all the time our God is good. We can testify and say, if it wasn't for God, where would we be? Where would we realize today, ain't nothing good in us. Lord, ain't nothing good in us. There's nothing good in us. But we thank you for the God we serve. Oh, we thank you for the God that lives in us, my God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we thank you today. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We're learning every day to surrender, to give it all to Jesus. We're learning every day to cast all our cares upon you for you care for us. We're learning what it is to wait on God. We're learning patience, long-suffering, endurance, perseverance. We're learning. Each day you teach us. Each day, Father, it's a learning experience to draw close to God. Draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, oh, Father, anything you ask for the Father, he will answer. Today we ask, Father, we ask of you, Father, 
Jesus to give us that un unconditional love. Teach us to love. We want to learn how to love. Oh Lord, we learn about love and truth. The truth hurts, but it does hurt. It, when it pierces the heart, it hurts. It hurts. We would be lying if we said it didn't hurt. It does hurt. Oh Father, truth and love. God is love. Agape love. Teach us how to love. Teach us how to love without strings attached. Teach us how to love without ulterior motives. Teach us how to love. Teach us how to love. Teach us, my God. Teach us what it is to love unconditionally. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Lord. Help us to look beyond the fault and see the need. The need is Jesus. The need is you. Oh, Father, we thank you. In spite of all our frailties, all our shortcomings, everything, my God, our weaknesses. You still love, you still love, you still love us, my God. You still love us, my God. And we don't know how to reciprocate that love. We truly don't know. Oh, we truly don't know, my God. We truly don't know what it is, my God, to look beyond the fault and see the need. The need is you. Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you brought the 45th out of that courtroom. You brought him out. You brought Penny out. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that your mercy is endure forever and ever. We thank you that your grace is sufficient. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, Father, when we are weak, you are strong. And your strength is made perfect in our weakness. Oh, Father, we acknowledge we are weak. We are weak. We are weak. We acknowledge, Father, we are poor in the spirit. And we need you. We need our Savior. We need you. We need you, Jesus. We need you. Not ashamed to say, Lord, we are weak vessels. And we, we love you. We praise you. We worship you, my God. Oh, without you, we're nothing. We're nothing. We're nothing. We're nothing, my God. Oh, all we have is two hands and one heart today. And we give it to you on a Friday. We surrender again today. We surrender again. Because each day we surrender, we take it back. And we forget what we surrendered. And today I pray, Father, we surrender. We surrender everything into your hands. Our weaknesses, our frailties, our shortcomings, we surrender. Our flippant mouth, we surrender. Take the cold, cleanse our lips today. Take the cold. Oh, Father, above all things, the heart is deceitfully wicked. But we surrender this heart too. We surrender, we surrender, my God. We just thank you, my God. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Take heed to my ways that you sin not with your tongue. Oh, Father, we'll take heed to our ways. We will be extra sensitive when we open our mouth. Help us, help us, my God. When we speak, help us to bless. Because you bless, you don't curse, my God. Help us, Father. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. are out there playing with the lives of people especially God's children it's the church that was good he says repent or else to those of you who are there sold out to this circle God says repent the masters whom you serve the devil the beast and the prophet will be thrown into the lake of fire. Jesus, Jesus. The 
smoke of their torment will rise forever Jesus. and ever. Jesus. If you don't want to join them there, God says, repent. Repent of your wickedness. Repent and come out. Come out of Babylon. Come out. Because in one day, in one hour, Babylon will be destroyed. Yes, Lord. Come out is the call. Yes, Those come out. Come are out. there listening. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are, how many of you are. Come out. If you don't come out, come out. Repent and come out. Your destiny is destruction. Jesus. But it is not the will of God that any man should perish. But all should come to repentance to the knowledge of Christ. Yes, Lord. So I pray today somebody would cry out and come out and call upon the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For anyone and everyone. Because there is no other name under the heavens but the name of Jesus. The only one who died for our sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for Jesus once again. Thank you, thank you for your thank you. Commit ourselves here this day. And I commit the whole church, Pastor Vijay and Joseph, the family. Speaking of leave, I pray your presence would here Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we go on mission, may your presence go before us. Thank you, Lord. May your presence tarry with them. Thank you, Lord. Guard and protect and keep the church, because it is your church. It's your church. Watch Thank over you, your flock, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank Thank you Lord. Father. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. Once again, we stand here and we declare, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Forever and ever. Amen. Amen.